This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Football Blogging Award Finalists 2015. www.holradio.net Good evening, everyone. My name's Albert Curley, and for some reason, most likely because we've got an interview with Steve Parrish coming up, you're joining us tonight as we look back on Palace's exit from the Capital One Cup at the hands of Manchester City in a very tight, close-fought game that saw the Eagles narrowly beaten by only five goals to one. We'll give our thoughts on lineup and tactics, respond for calls for Pardew to get fired, and lastly, which mode of transport will get Patrick Bamford back to Stamford Bridge the quickest? Hint, it's not the Palace away coach. Helping me plan that route tonight, we have Patrick take the subway, O'Connor. Hello. Gel, I'm f***ing driving there myself, Holyoke. I thought it's Gel, I'll eat the subway, Holyoke. <laughs> <laughs> Not Hello. tonight, baby. And <laughs> Terence, definitely go via redandbluearmy.co.uk forward. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Sadly, I couldn't make the game. Uh, since that I watched a, a bunch of useless teams running about trying to prove that they're worthy of a place in the next round of the process. But after the third goal went in, I just turned over and watched The Apprentice instead. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go. Using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. So, gentlemen, how are we? Miserable. Miserable. Depressed. Depressed. Anyone anyone, Any others? Come on. Shockingly hungover after a night out in Manchester. Oh, really? Where'd you go? (laughs) To a student grime and garage rave. Wowzers. Can anybody top that? No, he he keeps in everywhere now with that new student card, (laughs) Tell Yeah, that new ID. Already already trying to get off of the game. Grime and garage. Very nice. I'm not even sure what either of those things are. Um, So, I actually had a friend at work today as a Palace fan who forgot there was a game last night and I had the greatest pleasure of telling him the score and he thought I'd wind him up. Would we say, before we get into the nitty gritty, would we say that we deserve to lose by that scoreline? Were we unlucky? Were we rubbish? Honestly, um, I thought um, Manchester City were very, very uh, clinical in their finishing. Um, I thought our defensive play was obviously very, very poor, goalkeeping worse. But um, I think 5-1 a little bit harsh. Terence, would you agree? You were obviously there. I don't know if you were hungover or how pissed you were at this point. What was it like in, in there? I'm sure we'll come on to talking about the club coach miseries for everyone who went via that. 
because um, it looks really empty, and then all of a sudden, loads of people poured in at about five minutes before half time. But um, we're going to say uh, at about five nil. <laughs> no, these um, this couple walked into our road just as they made it two nil, and we was like, "It's all your fucking fault," and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, Man City took their chances really well, and probably had a few more as well. But at really key times in the game, we missed really quite good chances and it is rather worrying Joe I'm going to pose a slightly different question to you what was the best you expected from last night going into that game well someone put something about 8-1 a few days ago I don't know if it was in our chat or on on Twitter or it was out there somewhere and I said well I just hope you know at worst we get beat 4 or 5 as a joke <laughs> Honestly, as a joke, I never thought I never thought we'd get beat four or five. Um, not with the way we've been defending, but that seems to go out the window last night. It was all a little bit, um, all a little bit depressing. Did anybody's did anybody's expectations change dramatically when they saw the lineup? I, I was quite happy with the lineup. Um, I was I was surprised to hear Pardew say that we would probably have played Kabai, Macarthur, and Punchin if they were fit or for various other reasons of unavailable. Um, but I quite like the look of the team. I like the fact that it was just Balassi and Zaha on the flanks like Palace of old. Um, and, you know, Jordan Much, if if he can actually ever get an extended run of not being injured like the rest of our team, um, he started to get a little bit better for me in the, before he got injured last time around. So I weren't too upset with it. But um, what I found very strange is playing with Ledley and especially Jednak, I thought it would be a little bit more of a, def- a defensive display as opposed to our usual style of football now, which is a bit more attacking. And we know that Jednak, Much and Ledley's ball retention is nowhere near of the level of MacArthur, Kabai and Punchin. And we just kept giving the ball away all the time in the most ridiculous positions that, and we got punished. So let's quickly go through the lineup for those that either have forgotten, you know, might have gone to a grimy carriage tonight and... Um... I'm trying to too much. So in goal, Hennessy, we'll come to that in a bit. Uh, Mariapa, Dan, Delaney was back, which was a bit of a plus sign for me pre-game. Uh, Martin Kelly, Yedinak, Ledley, Zaha, Much, Balassi and Patrick Bamford. Um, Patrick, not Bamford, Patrick O'Connor. What, were your, what was your reaction to the lineup when you saw that? My only, my only issues, honestly, would have been I'd like to see a different keeper in there, either my Carthy or Speroni and I really thought he might give Gale another opportunity I didn't have a problem with Bamford particularly but I just thought Gale would score because after watching the game last night I didn't realise uh, of Gale's 22 goals for Palace eight have come in the Cups so he scores a lot of goals in the Cups I thought he might just give him a run out for the Cup but honestly the rest of the lineup I thought was fine um, like Terence, I was a little concerned well, I was hoping that we'd be better defensively with, with Jedi and Ledley I was very disappointed they scored so many goals with those two in the lineup. but um, the lineup again was for us with considering the uh, you know impending birth of MacArthur's child and obviously Kabai and Punch not being up to it it was a pretty decent lineup. what has Julian Speroni got to do to even get on the bench God oh God only knows <laughs> I've got no idea I, I've got to believe he's maybe still hurt because I don't understand why he's not even on the bench I, I have I have really I've I've lost it as far as understanding our goalkeeping situation. I don't I don't understand what's going on. So I'll let Pardew tell me one day. Joe, would you like to have seen Jules chucked in there? You have you have to trust the management when, when it comes to 
being pick, you know picking the team. As much as we've all got a view, you know, I had never Bamford in a in one of our shirts ever again for another minute. I really thought, I really, really did think that we could that we could win one of these cups this year. I really did. But it, it, usually, you know, you um, you start to put a, a stronger line out or you know a lineup out when when you get into the latter stages. You know, there's there's some average teams in the quarterfinals now. Um, and we should have been one of them. But, listen, City have got strength in depth, you know, I think they bought on some 18-year-old that they paid 12 million quid from Fulham for. You know, I, I just... You know, they are a very good side. It was a little bit embarrassing. They gave us a complete runabout. Um, and, and they were and they were very clinical, which is which is what happens. You know? It definitely happened last night. So, oh, um, do we think, playing devil's advocate, obviously... Um, you know, there's no, there's no denying that um, James, James MacArthur's imminent arrival of his child can be disputed. But do we think that Pardew saying, "Oh, you know, we would have played goodbye, we would have played punch in," do you think that might have been a little bit of sort of brinkmanship at the end, or sort of trying to cover up the the fact that it's quite a devastating scoreline, Terence? Yeah, well, as I said, I thought it was strange. It's kind of almost like Pardew hung him out to dry by telling them to go and play that game instead of playing a more natural game, which is to sit and break up play. Because it, that's how it looked like initially. I assumed we was going to play because we had Zaha and Balassi on the flanks. I assumed that it was going to be sit deep, break up play, play the ball out to the flanks. But the game just did not materialise like that. And like we, you know, we had in a game where you lose 5-1 at City and you we have 45% possession, I was expecting to, that, to see that stat a bit, a bit lower. And then the chances on goal and everything—it was just—it was a really bizarre setup, and I've been struggling to explain. I've been—I still haven't written about the game for the website today. I just—I don't really know what say to say about what happened in any sort of coherent measure because it didn't feel like a five-one loss in terms of the performance, but we just got caned. The thing is, though, and Terry has a great point. I think he might set up that team not knowing or not realizing how strong of a lineup that um, C we're going to put out. They put out a lineup that had Fernando, Zabaleta, Kolarov, Mangala, Torre, De Bruyne, Navas, and Boney. And you can't tell me that's the second team because that team is extremely strong. We just got totally outthought as far as the lineup, as far as that's concerned. Because again, even though I thought lineup was decent, I think maybe. We were hoping for a, a less of a city team. That's just that's not going to happen because we've got so much money and so much depth. So, got caught. I was surprised. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a, a real, uh, real depressive here, but I was surprised that it only took 22 minutes for us to concede. Because, again, judging by the, the strength of lineups, again, you, you know, as Patrick's just touched on, there's there's players there who haven't played much from you know much this season, but. They're, they're a whisker away from being first team players. They're, they're first team players that just can't get in the first team, like you say, people like Zabaleta. <laughs> and uh, and obviously, we, we, you know, we're, we're chucking in a few people at the deep end. You know, Bamford, Ledley, Yednak, not played a lot of football. Mariapa also, you can throw into that. Right. So, so talk to me about the first goal. Obviously, it's it's a set piece from Boney. Is that are we meant to be doing better there? With the, especially with the fact we've made a defensive change and putting Delaney in. To, you know, maybe that's because Hangeland's obviously mistake in the. In the uh, last previous game, expect more from from our defence there, or is on the header? I actually thought the header he took the ball away from much, much left the post to block that sh- block that header, and I think that by actually making mm. a save that um or attempted save, Hennessy <laughs> actually um put it past his own player, which yeah, is pretty I, ironic considering everything I said about him in the past. So Mar- Mariapa actually does really well against uh, Boney, I thought 
if you see the position Boney has to head the ball from, it's quite amazing that he managed to get as much power he's, as he he's did. A, he's a good player, that Boney, I'll tell you. But that is right. He's just <laughs> Hennessy's palmed the ball past you all the much. <laughs> exactly. Can we get on that for a second, can we? It's like he makes a save at party's own player. I mean, that is so unbelievable right now. With Terrence, that, with is, that, is that better or worse than the McCarthy habit of, of getting a hand to it but pushing <laughs> oh, it out wait, of the goal? Which, which is wait. worse? Well, I'm assuming McCarthy would have probably just pushed it straight back to Boney and then he would have finished <laughs> on the rebound. <laughs> Hennessy's tried to make a save from a good header. It's just it's just comical at the moment because where we're so, you know, being hypercritical of goalkeepers at the moment, it's for him to make that sort of get a fingertip to a very good header and then just <laughs> evade his defensive line behind him as a result of it is just ridiculous. But you can't, you can't blame him. It was a good header. So... How was that? What do you think our reaction to that goal was? Do you think we we upped our game? Um, I went and upped my alcohol content by getting another <laughs> pint. <laughs> I think we just carried on in the same sort of light. We we were getting into goal scoring positions. We just wasn't taking the chances, which you know, as it, it was the fundamental reason why we lost so badly because we missed opportunities at key times. I mean, I can't remember exactly. When was the Zaha one when he laid it back to Bamford? Was that a one nil or two nil? That must have been a one nil. Yeah, so we act, we react quite well. If Bamford sticks the ball into a basically empty goal, <laughs> then we're back in it. But alas, he somehow managed to find one of the worst goalkeepers I've ever seen in the Premier League's foot. Okay, so seen as his name his name's come up a few times, should we do the Patrick Bamford thing now? Well, I think Joe's got to take it, hasn't he? <laughs> no, who wants to go first? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna. He's, he's. I, I, I honestly, let, firstly, let me, let me. I, I need to try and get me head around our Chelsea. How, how he's on Chelsea's books, because they have got, they, they've got a multitude of twenty to fifty million pound forwards. Now I'm struggling to see how how he has gone to Chelsea. So, so I'm I, honestly, I'm, I'm amazed. I know. He had a, a good season where he was banging in goals for... Was it Leeds he was banging in goals Barra. for? Borough, Leeds, whatever. Northern, some northern team anyway. Seriously, I, 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 I'm I, lost for words that he, he, he was put in in, in, in what to me was quite an important game. You know, we're one game away from a potential quarterfinal. You, get such a, you know, we, we were rucking years ago about Man United and Arsenal and all that devaluing the cup. Well, at least they only, you know, take a couple of their players out. What okay. is it that? What is it that, that that got you got you rolled up? Was it a lack? Was it a, lack, a lack? Of... That's what it is. <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> oh, that's shit. a bit. That's that's a bit harsh. Oh, he's shit. Seriously. No, but what what I noticed about him that I didn't like though is that's that how he Patrick. how he gestures towards other players when he doesn't get the ball. A couple of times early. If, if you watch it again, I, I mean, who would? But I watched it again, and I just noticed a couple of times when Blackie didn't get in the ball, Blackie either shot or crossed. Too far. He put his hands out like waving, like why don't you give me the ball? So I don't think there's a good rapport between him and the other players. But again, I don't. I want to. I mean, he did miss that chance, but he didn't like it. Again, I always say about our forwards, you want to kill Fraser Campbell, or whatever. But, but it's not like he missed four chances. He missed one. It wasn't there, but it's not like he missed four or five. He, he hasn't really had a chance to shine. I get that, and he's not great. But yesterday, I mean, that was a tough place to put him in. And again, and I understand why, probably why he did it because Padu he played pretty decent. You know, on, on Saturday, but again, that's that was a tough situation against Man City yesterday. It really was. Terence, it's so disappointing, and 
he put in he came off the bench against Leicester and I thought he did really well. And you're like, right, here's your chance now, lad. Like, go and build on it. You're, you're, you know, City were pouring people forward. There were spaces opening up. He had the chances. He could have got his first goal. Is it just going to take a goal for him? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, if it's, he's, he's obviously no mug. He scored a lot of goals. And we know, we've seen that players can make the step up from championship level to Premier League level. So he scored a bunch of goals in the championship. So he's obviously not terrible. But for someone who I watched YouTube videos of and watched him fight, what I was really impressed was he's finishing. He found a side net in every time when he was putting the points of corners. Right. And now he should, every time he gets in front of goal for us, he just manages to find the goalkeeper or puts it wide or puts it over. I just, he must be a better player than this. He must be. The reason I asked Gel what, what it was that wound him off about Bamford, a lot of people seem to. On, or certainly on on the time of Twitter that I was looking, seemed to sort of throw the accusation at him that he looked like he didn't give um, a hoot. Um, is that something we'd all agree on? Do you, you know, was it just five one downs going to naturally going to look a bit a bit despondent? We've we've borrowed him to to score goals. We've we've we have borrowed potentially a top centre forward from one of the best clubs in our country to score goals for us. I, I, I don't think he could score in a bar. Honestly, I don't know, he his just... hair's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> good looking kid, right, guys. Smart, and he's also he just, smart. So. He's like, like frustrating beyond belief. But Jill, I mean, why, why haven't we got Gale? Why, why didn't we play Gale? Okay, hold on a second. But Jill, yesterday aside, when's the last time um, Bamford started a match? <sighs> uh, didn't he? Was it Charlton? Was he, did he come on at Charlton or was he against Charlton? Right, it was a cup game. My point is, he, he hasn't played a lot. I mean, nobody likes him, I get it, but he hasn't even, he's hardly played. He's hardly played, so to, you know. But, but he's not. What what thing? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not defending the guy. I'm just, I don't. I don't know if he's any good because I can't. I can't tell. I mean, I can't tell if he's any good. I really can't tell. But he hasn't played a bunch of matches where you can say, you know, what he's really, really bad. Yesterday was not. He did not look good. I admit, he looked horrible. I'm just saying that we haven't seen him a lot to say, you know what? Like like Terence saying, he's he proven champion. He can score goals. So but in the championship, like, we're playing in the Premier League against multi-million-pound yeah. defenders. And, and, and defenders last night that can't even get in Man City's first team that, that have just com- completely, apart from one good chance. That's not true. Mangala starts for them. He's, he's had, but he's had, no, he's had nothing. I, I watched it. Oh, do you know what? I, was, I watched him when he, when he ran. And again, in from the right-hand side. In, in from the right-hand side. Two-on-two situation. One of their centre-backs come across, just took the ball off him. But, but he didn't even try and cut in. I, I, I think he actually tried to nutmeg the, 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 the defender and lost the ball in a potentially... All he had to do was stop, get his head up. If he can't do anything, cross it. Uh, he, he just He's too frustrating for me. I think he completely lacks the quality that we're after. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think, we're, I think we're in even more trouble if, if, he, if he's deemed to be a better fit than Gale. At least Gale's going to... You know, at least Gal will try and he's well. He's proven in the cup. What, what else does he have to do? You know, we we seem to have one or two. We have, we seem to have one or two players that are undroppable, and then one or two players that try their hearts out and get dropped. You know, it's it's um, all this resting players and stuff. Geez, they don't play that much football. You know, it's ninety minutes. They play about sixty minutes per game. Is it fifty eight fifty eight minutes per game that are actually that the ball's in play? He's all got a bit poncy, you know. I said that if we got into the Premier League, 
that, that we that we didn't want to be like that. And it has. It's all no, got a little bit term. like. Yeah, it has. Where I, you know, where I live, <laughs> it really is. It's just a little bit. It's it's frustrating when you know how many how many thousands went up there yesterday. Yeah. How many till? Couple of thousand, three thousand. Yeah, a couple of thousand, I reckon. How many yeah. got there on time? Um, Bad for all of them too. No, I think. I, I think if I uh, when I walked out through a drunken haze, I think I saw maybe five coaches. So <laughs> a bit of something. Yeah, it would have been there was two and a half. Yes. Maybe, so to, maybe we just got out. We did get outplayed. I will. I will stick my hand up to that. I just. It looked like a training game. It was. It was embarrassing at times for me to look at that. I've, 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 it feels. You know what it feels like. It feels like we're in a transition again. It feels like we've just come up to the Premier League and we and we we're borrowing players again. We're borrowing players and we're not sure about our team. You know, like that to me seemed like we were like sort of five players short. So, Joe, you don't think injuries have anything to do with it right now? How injured we are. More than what oh, you just said. Hang on a second. Said. I thought two months ago, three months ago, when the season started, we had fantastic strength in depth. Yeah, and you know what? Subject. I think we overestimated that. We haven't got eight. But, we have. No, no, no. But, but what I'm saying is, we did have, right. and now, and but we've overestimated. No, I, I, that's what I'm thinking now. I think we overestimated what we had. I don't think the people we had in reserve are as good as we thought they were, based on you know but the last. Got, but we haven't got what we need: strength in depth up front. We we haven't got that. Well, up we front, de- we're definitely lacking up front. It's no well, doubt. So, 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 general, no, so we've so. been lucky. So we've been lucky to get where we are now. But now we're we're not we're not scoring many goals. You need to score goals. Well, I, gonna... But I go back to what Terence said the other day. Listen, we've lost to the last few matches. We lost to West Ham, Leicester, and Man City. Those are no mug teams. They're all very very good. They're all above us, which means they must be good because we're in seventh. So we haven't lost to you know Norwich, Villa. Sunderland and Newcastle were not yet anyway. So. Do you know what? We can keep saying... Well done, Patrick. You but, put the jinx on it there, mate. Yeah. But the other day, the other day, someone said, oh, yeah, we're six. And then a couple right. of days before that, someone went, well, yeah, we're fourth. So what we're doing gradually... What, I mean, listen, if we finish 10th, if we finish... Exactly. We finish 13th, 12th, 13th, right. I can give it to... You know, uh, as long as we stay in the league. I but agree. We, but we have got to, you know, we, we need to... For me, we need to speculate. We need to speculate to accumulate. I really feel that, you know, we need to take a punt on. Obviously, this, you know, we can't buy anyone over in this country because as soon as anyone get looks like they get half decent, you know, the, the idiots in the top four go and spend, you know, <laughs> you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty million quid on on mediocre players and put us out of the game. But I do think we're going to need to take a, a punt, you know, on a on a foreign forward. We're going to move. We're going to move on. Because, and I've been, I've been reluctant to do this, not only because you have to then just count up more goals that we conceded, but even more unfortunately, the next two goals heavily involved that player that I can't pronounce. So, uh, number 72, anybody, if anybody can pronounce it, now's the time to step in. <laughs> no, right, it's number 72. So, for, for the next goal, um, I've, got, I've got to say, I thought it was, I thought it was a fantastic goal. The, the ball that he puts across the six-yard line for... De Bruyne to put in. Um, it, it manages to cut through about, I think, including the goalie. I think it's about five Palace players. Um, are we all agreed? Not much we can do about that. Is it, should we? Should we not be letting him get into that position before? Didn't we give the ball away? Isn't that where it came from? I thought we gave the ball away to Iniacho. It's Iniacho, isn't it? Uh, do you know what? Ten points for having a go. Iniacho. <laughs> Yeah, I've, um, it's it's a great ball and a great move. But it's it's exactly the sort of play that we need to be doing when we get into those positions. Because the amount of times that our um, players 
get into those sort of in behind the fullbacks. We're never picking out the man like he did there because that's the spare man. As De Bruyne comes in at the back post, that's exactly where you want Zaha on one side or Balassi on the other side to be coming in and getting that tap in. So we should we could take a look at that and learn a lot, I think. <laughs> but tell us, having said that, should that ball be our keeper and four defenders across the box? Though I mean, it was a great play, but it be you know I counted or four of our defenders: Mariapa, Dan, Delaney, and Kelly all got beat by that one pass. Mariapa left De Bruyne to go help out in the middle, and our goalkeeper went to the near post. Can't blame him for that, actually. And got you know, got beat at the back post. So you're right; it's a great run, but that ball should not be four of our players. Well, yeah, I mean Mariapa gets dragged inside because right. Mile Jednak's a bit slow in getting across. I'll tell you what; another thing to watch it though, and you'll like this, is watch Hennessy try and move his feet to get across the goal. <laughs> no, no, thank you. It's in, <laughs> oh, it's in slow motion. I oh, know, it really is. Yeah, I think they did us couple of times last year like that i'm sure they scored a couple yeah, of goals like that, that but they, 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 they do that to everyone yeah they do that to everyone and david silver he loves to get down he's not david either it's david playing old david long john's silver. brother <laughs> <laughs> but, he, he, but they, they do that is a play that is a man city play so you know you very rarely see them put a ball through from from outside the area going towards the goal it's always going from the from the goal backwards back into play so, but yeah, we've just done done. That was a good play. And, and, and I'll tell you the other thing, what they did last night, what they were much better is, is that when we had the ball, they shut us down and they shut us down in a, with a pack mentality. And we didn't do that. You know, their forwards were running out of our defenders and hassling all the time. And Bamford was just having a bit of a jog up. And you can't do that. Yeah, you've taken, it, you've taken the words it, out of my mouth. That's what I, that's what I wanted to see. Listen, he's a loney. He ain't got anything to prove. He's going back to Chelsea. He's getting better at Chelsea. What's he going to do? You know, he's going to get his Ferrari or whatever. Signed a new deal before he came to us, didn't he? Did he yeah, really? Again, Holy moly. <laughs> he just must have one of the best agents, I know. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, Chelsea don't have to worry about whatever extra wages they're paying Patrick Bamford because it's all covered off in the loan fees that they rent him out for anyway. So, it's, it's, they've got... I've discussed this before. They're... To me, it feels like they're jumping through some sort of loophole that they can have all of these 50-odd players and loan them out and charge teams four or five million pounds to loan them for the season. Seems like a very conniving way to make... We haven't paid that, have we? Um, I don't yeah. know. I, the, 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 the only one I know is I know that it, Victor Moses was five million, wasn't it, to go and play to West, West Ham for the year. Oh, dear. You are joking. So, right, moving no. on. <laughs> So, matey boy, 72. How do you say it, Terence? Uh, uh, Iniacho. 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 He, he, he pretty much... Iniacho. Iniacho. Iniacho's. Iniacho. 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 His first name's Kelechi. That's easier to say. Kelechi yeah. eat, eating nachos. Uh, he, <laughs> he pops up again on 59 minutes and scores... And, you know, again, as Joe was saying, another goal, as far as I can remember, uh, ball into the box from sort of the byline area. Now, I was disappointed with that one. Anybody else? Anyone think he had a bit too much time and space to tuck that away? Um, it pretty much sums up half their team having too much space for the whole night. Um, oh, it's a good finish, I think. But he has got the freedom of our penalty area. I and mean, what is he, eight yards from goal? It's not very far... 
I don't know. It's, um, you're just making me mad. Stop asking me questions. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here in silence for the rest of the time. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Uh, <laughs> no, Lidley was eight yards out. Oh, oh yeah, I'm no just what. saying. No, oh, okay. Here no, we it go. was. <clears throat> yeah, because those misses came at two now. So exactly. We scored, we, keep, we scored out. We back in. We're back in the match. You can't miss that one. You can't. I mean, I love Joe Ledger. I really do. He did the same thing against Spurs last year. The nil nil. Do you think he was too busy? Do you think he was worried about getting the goal celebration right? Bit of dancing. <laughs> you know what? It might have been. So what? What but, other chances did we miss at two nil? Oh, the Bamford one. The Bamford we already one. discussed. Yeah. There was a header had a header from a much free kick to get off the like clear off the line also. That could have been another goal. Mm-hmm. Free kick from the right, Bamford uh sorry, Bamford, um that much put in and Jedi headed it and they cleared off the line. Sure, so I mean we, we had a we couple did have of about five. I thought we had about five chances for we did. Again, it comes down to being clinical. They were much more clinical. They must have had seven chances, scored five. We had four, missed all four, missed maybe had five, so we just weren't clinical enough at all. Right, so what happened next? Who scored next? I'm re- reading down the list here. Oh, uh, yeah. So we uh, so we get to the now. point where oh, the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that. Fair decision. Well, it was yeah. always it was Why always it, it was it yeah, was. But the referee, yeah, but the referee did the he, he he went over and he said, "Stop grabbing hold of each other." Right. So what did Delaney do? He just he just like playing WWF. It was the easiest decision that the referee had all night. He, <sighs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what he was I don't know what he was thinking. And you and uh, the thing is against Man City, you, they kind of get that. You know, we're not yeah. like Wilf. Wilf, I, I said, <laughs> tweeted last night. Wilf's going to need an open fracture, mate, to get a fucking penalty in the Premier yeah, League. So, now, you know, he's just and and. But yeah, it, it, it was that was it was a penalty. It's a similar. You're always going to get them. It's, it's a penalty in that penalty area. It wouldn't have been down the other end, and we all know it. Because we know it happens every single game, right, Terence? And they never call yeah. him. So, right. so all of a sudden, now they're going to call him. So You're right. Well, they'll call him against us. I mean, they'll yeah, so. have a couple of tackles before you get a red. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we seem to have had a real decent run of referees being good and thought we'd turn a corner with referees. And now mm. we seem to have had, we seem to be on a bit of a stinker now with referees giving out decisions that they shouldn't really be giving. Mm. So, you know. But no, it, it was a penalty. It was. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was. Right. Exactly. It was a penalty. You can't argue that much. <laughs> we get to the stage in the game where we start bringing changes Bamford for Gale Much came came off for Lee Chung-Yong and Mary Apron for Ward because it could see Ward back was it a bit unfair chucking him on for the last <laughs> five, six minutes of that well, I gave him a chance to at least get you know get something under his feet before hopefully playing on Saturday so I think from that standpoint if it was to give him you know a quick run out to see how he was you know whatever he was injured and that he could still you know move about that was good but again it was a little bit unfair but listen I just hope he's in the I hope him as far as back in for Sunday, Saturday, because we're going to need him because that back four right now is shipping goals and just not look. Well, I shouldn't say shipping one game. But I thought you were going to say that back four is shit. No, 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 I don't want to have to get him bleeped. But hopefully, you know, because we'll get our regular back four. I'm not even sure what that is, by the way. I'm not sure if I'd take Dan, I mean, sorry, Delaney or Hangley at this point, but it's a good question based on the last two matches. But as long as Soiree and Water back in, I think we'll be much better defensively against United. So hopefully he'll be back. Fair enough. Well, the changes obviously made a bit of a difference because, you know, late in the day, but 89 minutes, Damien Delaney pops up, potentially makes amends for giving away the penalty 15 minutes earlier. Good goal. Yeah, um, only the third header he's ever scored in his career. What were the other two? Nope. 
the other one, he scored once for Ipswich with his head, and he scored against Millwall with his head. You know what? I've noticed he hasn't scored on. You're right. All of his shots have been. All of his goals for us have been with his foot. You're it's, absolutely right. I, wow. I, me- I remember. That's I ridiculous. Because because I've got nothing better to do in my life. I remember looking at looking it up once and looking at when he scored goals and reading about them, and none of them were headers. Because I was like thinking he's scoring so many goals for us. He scored. He scored a few in that promotion season, and none of them were headers except from the middle one. And I was like, oh, I just wonder how many headers he scored. I couldn't believe it. For someone who's that tall and powerful right. in the air, it's a very strange that's, thing. Did anybody have visions of the Liverpool 3 0? You know, Delaney sparking a comeback. Anybody have visions of that? No. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> I wish I could say I had a slight, but I, honestly, I, I didn't have any, not at any point in that match, I think we were ever going to come back. Well, the, yeah, fans from, started, the fans started saying we're going to win 5 4, and then yeah. they went down the other end and scored. <laughs> we're we're going to win 6 uh, 5? <laughs> I would have been ill because I was watching fast and loud. So when we so 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 went to three nil, it's, it's a car program. Oh. oh well, cars that are fast and loud, I'm presuming. It, it's exactly yes, Brilliant. exactly. Yeah, I, thought, the, I yeah. thought it was one of those channels high up in the sky numbers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what are you talking about me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, Garcia Alonso, he's good, isn't he? He scored. Who's he? Manu, Manu Garcia. Yep. He's had a kick that hasn't scored for like three years or something. No, he's 17. He's 17. Oh, okay. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's better or worse. Like a fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't scored since he was 14. Bring him on, get a goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I thought uh, Hennessy was appalling for that guy, if I'm honest. Go on, talk me through it. Talk us through it. You don't have to talk uh, me for it because I was watching the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it kind of just, well, it gets, um, that fit on the counter with, you know, we're pouring everyone forward just trying to get salvage some pride. Iniacho slotted him through. He pushes himself a bit wider with his touch and one of our defenders does well to sort of get back and try and get a slide in. Hennessy that just comes sort of toddling yeah. out. And <laughs> if if Hennessy just See stood a child there, as well. if he would have just stood and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There, he would have been as controllable with his foot. The shot was that bad, and he just looks like a, an oaf falling over as he tries to save it. It's just it's appalling goalkeeping. Wayne the whole way, the whole way over. through, the whole way through, his positioning is just atrocious. Where's Jules? Where is he? 
I've got to say, uh, and I think it's become quite clear on the show, we're all crying out for a bit of jewels, right? Are we? I am. I am. Patrick? Well, yeah, a bit of jewels, please. There you go. Joe, it's just you. Yeah, it's just me. Get my coffee in. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Always got to oh. be contrary. I'm not bothered, honestly. McCarthy, Jules, as long as they're not Hennessy, I don't care who starts next match. But I guarantee you, Les, it's going to be Hennessy on Saturday. Put some money ha- on are you doing? A, are you going to start a hashtag anyone but Hennessy? Is that what's going on? You know what? I'm doing it right now. Hold on a sec. Terrence <laughs> doesn't like McCarthy. Patrick doesn't like Hennessy. I don't much fancy Jules. Wow. Oh. Mm. Interesting. Right, well, whilst, pa- whilst Patrick gets the, uh, the hashtag together, um, we're going to play you some of your four-word reviews. Four-word reviews. Alfonso Greenbock. Book. Book. What the fuck happened? Andy May. Worries. Wheels coming off. Peter Locke. Starting to get concerned. At Simply Zaha. We will batter United. Nick Philpot. FA Cup. Your hours. Johnny Gribben, want my money back. Mark Bonici, let's show our character. Jacob Eagle, should have been better. Baz Davies, Bamford not Premier quality. Nick Gusset, watch paint drawing still. <laughs> Charlie Steer, Pardew lacks tactical ability. Ben Allen, lacking quality up front. Chris Hambo Hambling, profligate Palace pay penalty. Alistair Watkins, pitiful waste of opportunity. Uh, Steve Foster, depressing. Don't bother recording. (laughs) (laughs) Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. (laughs) 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 And they were your forward reviews. Um, Brilliant as always. Um, just a little reminder, you can still vote for us um, in the FBAs. That is the Football Blogging Awards, where we have been nominated for Best Podcast. Not this episode specifically, um, probably not. Uh, but if you can, you can vote for us at wholeradio.net forward slash tweet vote and wholeradio.net forward slash web vote. Um, that is, of course, only if you're listening to this before 8 o'clock on Friday. That's when the voting ends. Um, so get on there, give us a vote, and we might see you at the awards ceremony. So coming up, uh, this is probably the bit you've all been waiting for. It's certainly the bit that we've been waiting for. Um, we've got a, I'm going to say exclusive. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm, we've got an exclusive ex- exclusive interview with a friend of the show, um, you know, cracking all-round good guy and your chairman, Sir Steve Parrish. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net well, welcome once more to Homestead Radio. And looking at um, this, well, the start of the season, a lot was made of the fact we had a really, really tough start. And sort of we had that, that spell, we got to eight games done, 15 <coughs> points, and it was an excellent return. Uh, the last couple of games have had in, in defeat, though. But does you think this emphasises just how tough the Premier League, League is? Of course, yeah. And, you know, those of us that try to keep our feet on the ground are constantly saying this when people are getting carried away. You know, it's. Um two very tight games where perhaps, you know, things didn't go for us one way or the other. And if that happens in a Premier League game, then there's a good chance you'll get beat. Um, so, just got to keep on with it. There'll be other games that we've won where if we look back and we were honest about them, things probably went for us a little bit more. Mm. So, 
you know, we've we've we we just can't get carried away. We've got to keep working hard as a group and um, everybody in the club, and and I'm sure we'll we'll carry on, you know, improving. But um, it's certainly a good start, in spite of all that. You know, we're in good shape. We've got a couple of tough games going up, coming up, and both the Manchester clubs. Back to back is never an easy week, but um, obviously one's in the League Cup, which is quite exciting, and then Manchester United at home. So you know, enjoyable fixtures coming up, and and hopefully we can certainly on Saturday pick some points up. Luck hasn't been really on our side in these past few weeks. We've had a bit of few few injuries, a couple of suspensions, and to probably look at if we didn't have them, that they could have gone the other way. So in terms of squad planning and the players we've brought in and let go, do you think that? these things could have gone the other way? Well, I don't think you can really say that about the West Ham games. We went down to 10 men at one all. So who knows what we might have done in the second half. You know, Gailey had kept himself on the pitch. Um, and then definitely, I think it's a bit harsh on Fraser and, and Patrick. He probably has, has you know, as, as good a chance as he has. But certainly, Shamak being injured um, very early again. Mm-hmm. And um, um, you know other players being injured, Connor obviously being injured, and not ideal. You know we probably not thinking for the manager, but we probably brought Connor in thinking that he was a you know our lead striker, if you like, and um, and obviously he's been out, and and Mario Shamak's been out. They're two big losses for any club, so it's, it's not ideal. But we've got other strikers that we're confident in. I know Alan's confident in them, and. You know, it's a chance for them to shine. So uh, I'm I'm happy with what we did. You know, we've we've got a lot of strikers at the club, but as you say, if they're injured, they can't play, and that but that happens at any club. You've got, to, you know, the other people have got to step up then and take the chance. It's it's definitely a little bit frustrating because you're desperate to see, you know, how how Wickham would play with Shamak in behind him, how you know how Kabai would interact with with Shamak as well would be another good one. All those sort of things, sort of desperate for it to happen, but. You know, so like you say, it, it does happen in football that way. Um, but I also, I also talk about it the other way around. Though. Sometimes I think we've got too many players, and we're, you know, but obviously you do get injuries. So uh, we've got good depth in the squad. Uh, but as, as you quite rightly pointed out, we haven't had the best of luck in the last couple of games, and um, you know we, we haven't created as many chances as much as people not put them away. You know, you can only score if, if the chances are created. So. Hopefully, you know, we put that right over the next couple of weeks. Um, the, the, the pundits and fans alike have looked at the team this season and, and even early on we're talking about Palace as a club that they expected to do well, which is almost sort of new territory for us in the Premier League. And you've talked before about the, the idea of being ambitious, about having this expectation and sort of demanding more. Are you still kind of of the view that, that positives of, of, of increased expectation outweigh the negatives? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I think that um, people should be expecting to do better. Obviously, I think you have this problem when you do win a few games back to back. Yeah, we, you know, when you do win a few games back to back, I think people come to the next one just expecting you're going to win, and that doesn't always happen. You know, in the league, you know, I think the West Ham game there was a real expectation that we would win, and people start to kind of take it for granted quite early on where you are and how you're doing, and that's just not the Premier League. You know, there's a lot of very, very good teams out there. They're very tight games and. If things don't go for you or you don't take your chances, then obviously you can get beat. So I think it's a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes of emotions for fans. You know, they, yeah. they worry, 
they don't think you're going to do well, then you do do well, then they expect you're going to do well, then you don't do quite so well. You know, it's, <laughs> that's just human nature. There's, there's, there's nothing you can really do about it. But I think the majority of us keep our feet on the ground and try and keep a level head, although it's, it's always difficult when you win a few games back to back. Probably one that quite a lot of people want to hear about is the, the standard of refereeing this season. Obviously, there's been a couple of decisions which have probably been against us in the past couple of weeks as well as the luck of the injuries. Um, but Alan Pardew does have to choose his words quite carefully with regards to refereeing after and before games. And I guess you have to do the same. But what do you think about the refereeing that you've seen so far this season? Well, I think that there's, there's areas that are disappointing for me. And I think I'm very specific on my areas of disappointment, which are uh, this kind of whole business that you can't seem to get booked in the first 20 minutes. So that, that leads into a, a, an inconsistency, in my view, and a sense of injustice. You know, there are enough grey areas in the game on refereeing decisions that when we've got areas that aren't grey, where we've all agreed with what's happened, i.e. a player is... Uh, committing a foul that we would all agree is a yellow card offence or a player is deliberately stopping a break pulling a shirt back or tipping somebody who's about to break and create a, an attack that is a yellow card offence I'm assured by the people at the, yeah, the Premier League and the rest organisations PGMO I'm assured that that is a yellow card but apparently it's not a yellow card often in the first 20 minutes because we factor in this thing called common sense by Danny Murphy, who I've got a lot of time for talking about, but I don't agree with him on this issue. That, you know, the Yaya Torre didn't get a booking in the first five minutes against Man United for a foul almost, almost identical to Dwight Dow's foul against West Ham because it was in the first five minutes. Well, how long does that go for? Is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Are we then saying to players, you can do anything you like in the first 20 minutes, you can't get a yellow card? And then it just leads to a sense of injustice. I think amongst everybody because we see so many anomalies in the game where sometimes something's a yellow card and sometimes it isn't. And I think that's probably my biggest frustration, frankly. I think that if referees don't see things or they misinterpret things, I was disappointed on Saturday because from where I was sitting, it didn't look like a dive. Uh, Wilfie's got no history of diving. You know, it was almost felt like, well, you've had two penalties from Wilfie, you're not getting another one. Yeah. You know, and then if I'm not going to give it, I've got to give him a yellow card for diving. But I don't know, that's what it feels like. So the handball, he, he doesn't see it. You know, the referee doesn't see it, he doesn't see it. You know, what can you do? Um, but I think everybody feels the same, to be honest. I think everybody feels a little bit like that. Every club has their moments. We, tend to, we all do tend to look at it a little bit one-eyed when it affects us. Uh, unfortunately, you do seem to have run, runs of bad luck with, with refereeing decisions yeah. or, or you're more open to the anomalies. But I do know that the organisations are working as hard as they can. The referees try and get it, get it right. I know that. And I think the standard generally is very high compared to other leagues. We've just got to work on that last little piece, I think. Of, uh, and my main bugbear is just consistency around decisions. If, we've, if we agree that's a yellow card foul or a yellow card tug back preventing the break, then it should be a yellow card come what may. Yeah, I think the main thing is 
I mean, they had the summer camp this summer after the season, because obviously towards the end of last season, from probably about January onwards, there were quite a few big decisions which were being questioned in the media week in, week out. So I think probably one of the main questions I've got probably towards that is personally, as a chairman, as a, as a football fan as well, to be honest, what do you think needs to change among refereeing to improve the standards? Well, I think they're working constantly to try and improve the standards. I think that there, there's a problem bringing referees into the standard required for the Premier League. I know they're investing a lot of money in training and fitness and all of those things. So, but I, you know, I don't think it's... I think there are similarly anomalies in idiosyncrasies. I don't think there's a crisis. You know, I think generally they get a lot of very tough decisions right. I think it's just on those... Um, on those, what I would call anomalies, where nobody's really clear... Um, where, where this word common sense comes into play. You know, I would prefer we have black and white rules. You know, I really would. I don't really understand this business of, you know, sometimes we're going to use the rest of common sense. I just don't get that angle at all from um, people. If Dwight Dow's two fouls or two yellows, they're two yellows. Send them off. But then they've got to be two yellows every time anybody steps on a football pitch. Not not different in different games because it's a big game and we don't want to ruin it. Or uh, and and I think that that's probably my only bugbear. The rest of it, I think, we're pretty good on. I think the offsides are generally pretty good. Obviously, we get some wrong. I would hate to see. I'm completely against most of the forms of technology that are being put forward. I think if we created a stop-start game like rugby, it, we could really damage the game. Challenges and all these artificial devices. I think the flow of the game and the excitement in the game and even the odd referee decision being wrong are part of the addiction to football. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Absolutely fair. I've still got this idea in my mind that I'd quite like to see, you know, almost like the occasional referral system. I know Wenger mentioned it years ago saying, you know, similar to cricket where you've got one per half and it's red cards or goals only, but you're probably right. Probably best to, to leave it. Uh, over to you, Lucy. Um, Steve, uh, it's, been observed by some of the fans and that the Premier League culture, you know, sort of pricey tickets, the idea that um, other grounds are sort of seen as tourist attractions and the general hype. Um, do you think it's got maybe having um, a negative impact on our support of late? Is that something that concerns you? <coughs> do you think it is? Um, I certainly think the atmosphere is affected when we're losing. Um, I, I, I'm an Arthur Waite girl and um, I sit sort of the side that's nearest to the HF and it certainly is noticeable when we're losing that it, it's it's different. Well, I think that's expectation and disappointment. I don't really think people are thinking about ticket prices at that point, do you? I Not at that point. In the, at the moment, in the football match, they're going, oh, I would cheer, but actually my ticket's a bit pricey. So I'm, 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 I'm not going to. I mean, I think that it's just expectation and disappointment. I think people come to games now expecting we'll win. They talk themselves into the fact that we'll win. We all do it. I'm not being critical. Of course we do. We're fourth in the league. You know, we're looking upwards, not downwards. You know, we all believe the hype. And we all want to believe it because we love the club so much. And then we come to the game and, you know, things go wrong. And it kind of just, we're a bit dumbstruck for a while. Um, and we find it hard to do the things. Whereas if you come to the game expecting very little, which is maybe what we, you know, certainly the first year in the Premier League, <laughs> then it's it's kind of I think you're in a different mindset. That's what I sense in the ground is is a little bit of 
you know, or a bit of shock because, oh, we expected to win this. Um, and so people are just a little bit quiet and don't really know in the moment what to do. I don't think, you know, there's, there's, I mean, we sold 17, we're still selling season tickets. We sold 17,500 season tickets. We've got about 3,000 casual tickets left to sell. You know, Arsenal sell out 60,000 a week. Their tickets are, I think their cheapest season ticket is three times something like that, the price of our average ticket, and they're selling 60,000 of them. You know, I think we forget. I mean, I went to, you know, basketball when I was in the States. I was astounded at how much money it was. I mean, all right, you know, I was kind of in a nice seat, normal seat, not a box. I think I paid $350 each. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's... I think our ticket prices are really reasonable. I really do. I mean, I think if you think, you know, that average, our average season ticket price this year is 430 quid. Mm. That's our average across everything. Um, so if you divide that by 20 games, um, you know, it's really not a lot of, of, of money, I don't think, to, for the amount of entertainment that you get. I don't know what you think, you know, it's 20 odd quid a game. You know, it's, I think that's pretty good, personally. I'd certainly say that's it's excellent at home in the Premier League, and I don't. To be honest with you, I think the, the issue of ticket prices came up because obviously the message boards are often alive, particularly after a defeat where the atmosphere has been a little flat, and people start looking for things to blame. And one of the things is obviously, you know, we're now a Premier League club; it's that Premier League attitude, and particularly away games. You know, prices to, to go and visit away grounds, you know, generally speaking, are pretty high, and. and and people are getting priced, feel they're getting priced out perhaps and are sort of blaming the atmosphere problems on that to sort of give it context. Yeah, but then you could say the most vocal support, you know, the most vocal are our away supporters, I think. Yeah. And they're paying the most to travel, to go. You know, I think, honestly, when you lose, I think you could make it free and people wouldn't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. You know, I mean, it's it's... I mean, certainly for us, I mean, how, how cheap the people want it to be. You know, I mean, it's 20 quid a game if you buy a season ticket, just over. You know, it, the only reason we ever charge sort of anything over about 35 quid for home fans is we, um, it, it's a, you know, to, or 35, I think our average is 35 or 36 quid for a away fan. And the only reason we ever, average gets dragged up is because if, you know, some of the clubs that charge us 50 quid can we charge them 50 quid? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, listen, I don't want to... I'm in favour of something being done on ticket prices, but we all know that for some people, free wouldn't be cheap enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't think our ticket prices are extortionate. And if, I can't buy into the fact that some people aren't seeing because I think 430 quid for, you know... 19 times 90 minutes of entertainment. I mean, it's 20 odd quid. You can't, trying to go to the cinema, you know, you've, you've paid that. It's, you know, I think, personally, I think it's good value for money. And we don't seem to have any problems selling the ticket. Um, away tickets I would like to see regulated in some way because I think away fans are an important part of the game. Um, but then, you know, there, there are other issues relating to away fans and allocation of tickets we get from clubs and things like that that we're also working on to make sure. Because, you know, we often get a, a, a choice between, I mean, I'd say 1,200 tickets sale and return 
or 2,500 tickets, but we have to commit to buying them all. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, and it's becoming a really hard thing to judge, depending on when the game is, how many tickets we take. I mean, a couple of times it cost us some, you know, reasonable money uh, to pay for tickets that we didn't sell effectively. And with the displacement of games for TV, it's really hard to get. Three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, our fans will travel, we'll sell out, you know, 90% of the allocations that we get given. But if you move that game to 12.30, it's really hard to know how many people are prepared to get up at the crack of door or, or stay over the night before. So, um, you know, there are issues around tickets and, and, and maintaining the vibrancy of supporting our stadiums. And, and these are all things I know the league are looking at. What's the biggest priority at the club for you right now, given how the club are performing well in the majority of games in the top half of the Premier League? Um, well, the biggest priority is to stay in the league. You know, you can't... That, that isn't just, a, you know, just because you're playing well at this moment. You know, it's a constant... You know, we're coming towards the January transfer window, so you know we need to be clear about what we want, what we're doing. Are we doing anything? Are we doing nothing? You know, you just cannot stand still. That is a constant, constant work in progress. Your football team and your playing personnel, and we've got to stay in the league. And anybody starts taking it for granted, you know, is silly because anybody can get relegated from this league, and I mean anybody, if you don't get it right. So. Uh, that's the priority. And then the second priority is just to continue developing the club. Obviously, the stadium is very important to me. Um, finding a way to develop that sensibly, affordably, in a way that gives us all something to be proud of and something that will generate more income. Um, the academy has got a very nice new facility. We've, we've split the academy in the first team. And that's enabled us to have a much better first team training ground. And now we've got in the academy, we've got their own training ground as well. But we need a permanent home for them. <coughs> and we're working on that. So there isn't any real one priority beyond staying in the league. Because if we can stay in this league, then we can throw off bits of money here or there to develop the club in all of the other ways that we want to develop the club. Yeah. You mentioned briefly, obviously, uh, January transfer window. Um, are you already looking at potential options to strengthen or give some alternative tactical options for the manager? We never stop. <laughs> never stops that process. You know, we don't, you know, the head of recruitment has been looking at games and the manager's been looking at what he's got and everybody's talking to everybody to try and make sure that we feel we're in a good place to go forward. I mean, you know, you have to improve. We would always try and improve. We would always trade or do a deal to try and improve so um, the manager's obviously at the centre of that and, and we constantly I mean there's a day go by that we won't be talking about some kind of player or Alan might be talking to their recruitment or other people so it's just a, obviously it heats up more as you get closer Yeah. Um, but yeah we'll, we'll certainly be looking to, to do things whether we do I mean there's no imperative it's not like other transfer windows you know, it's nice to go into a January transfer window, hopefully, where, you know, we don't really feel that we, we desperately need to freshen it up, but we would always look to do it if we could. I know you uh, won't give any names or anything, but are there any particular areas you're looking at specifically, or any, any have you got, have you seen people that you're interested in? No, well, I wouldn't want to say, really. But there no. are people out there that we're interested in that we're not sure that we can get, kind of, 
we've got a couple of areas where we think certainly long term we need to be looking at things. But generally, we're in pretty good shape. We feel as a squad, we're happy with it. You know, so it would only really be if something was better than what we've got. Um, so it would be more more opportunist, you know, we can get that person, we think they're better. And of course, some of it depends if you get offers the players, that the players are happy to go and you're happy to accept them. You know, that's also something that's relevant to that. And we've seen a couple of um, players out on loan in, in, just playing out of their feet at the moment. You've got Sully Kaikai, four goals in four games. And you've got quite a few players which are just really impressing at the levels that they're playing at. And you've got Mark Bright um, in a role looking after the loans out of the club now. Um, how did the idea of that role come about? Well, I just felt that it was, I mean, first and foremost, the whole kind of aftercare of the boys at the academy wasn't what Gary or I wanted it to be. You know, Gary's in the muck and bullets every day. Gary is a, who runs the academy, obviously, um, running teams, recruiting, coaching, running the coaches. So that's where often I can have a bit more of a view. And, and also he's been, you know, in the years before the recent Premier League years, he's often, you know, been fighting budget cuts and trying to make his money go as far as he can. So, you know, perhaps hasn't thought maybe about, you know, the bigger picture and other things that we could do to make it better. This This particular problem... It's really, you know, you get to the Premier League, whereas there was a real easy route for those players into the first team because we were playing the championship. Now it's much harder. So, um, and then when we were putting them out on loan, it didn't feel to me like there was much of a thought process about where they went. It was kind of who asked. If a club rang us and asked, we would say, yes, OK. And then often they would just sit on the bench. They wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, we didn't really have time to diligence whether the role that they were being asked to go and do at the club they were going to was one that was suitable for them and that they could succeed at it. So they're almost doomed to failure before they went. And then probably the most worrying for me is when they went, we really had no contact with them at all. You know, we, we just got some reports from the club or um, just thought just on a kind of human level, if you're a young man, maybe 18, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and, you know, you've only ever lived in South London and you're being asked to go to, I don't know, Burnley or, you know, living in digs, uh, away from your family, away from your friends, trying your best to perform. And nobody from the club even comes to say hello or makes you feel like you're still a part of Crystal Palace Football Club or you belong in some way to us. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty awful, really. So the initial role was that so it, it, it's twofold really it's looking after the 17 to 20 year olds trying to look at where they go on loan is it the right place for them and then when they're on loan go and see them produce reports for the manager and try and find what is the next let's stay for them you know are they going to be good enough to play in Crystal Palace's first team in which case make representations for the manager now in that regard I need a, somebody that the manager will listen to and obviously that's all about respect. And, you know, Alan and Mark played together for a long time. They've known each other for many, many years. And Alan's got all the time in the world for Mark as a vice. So it was a kind of natural, you know, we're talking about a man who's been in coached our kids striking for probably the past 15 years for no money on a Thursday night. Yeah. Apart from when he had his hit done, he couldn't do it for himself. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, 
um, it was just an obvious role. And I think, you know, to say that all of the current successes are down just to Mark wouldn't be fair on Gary and the manager, who have also inputted into that heavily, um, because we've got a manager who's interested in our football club and takes interest in the academy. And, for example, here in Boateng, uh, Alan got a call from Plymouth, and he said to me, Hiram could do that job that they wanted to do there. He will excel at that job they're asking to do. Um, I think he should go there on loan. So um, there was a little bit of diligence done. And obviously, just with that little bit of care taken, we've seen, I think he's played virtually every minute. You know, they're just starting to drift him in and out a bit now because I think he's just worried at 19 years old the amount of football he's played. But he's, he's had man of the matches over there. Um, he's, he's doing great for them. So... And then Mark's got involved with, with, with players, not just the ones that you've seen doing well, but in trying to get other players out. Mark's very respected in football, well-liked. You know, not only can he give a view about what our player can do to a, a manager that's thinking to take them alone, but also, he, you know, when he goes to see them, he gets invited, you know, into the manager's room to talk about how the player's been training. He can go and watch them train sometimes. You know, he can get that kind of access. So... It's absolutely fantastic. And then he's also been visiting other academies for me to look at what, what happens to the boys that don't make it and what our aftercare should be for the boys that don't make it, how we can help them into other careers and give them a bit of a soft landing and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, he's another person that will massively help move the club along. And, and you, 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 know, he's, you know, when Soleil does well, Mark's on the phone to him. When he does bad, he's on the phone to him. You know, when, when um, Jerome Bill and William is, is going through a tough period, he can ring Brighty and Brighty will go and have a chat to him and go through clips and, you know, just generally try and help them through uh, their loan periods and try and get the best out of them. And I think, you know, <coughs> we can see already, I think Jerome had his best game to Burton, I think, at the weekend, I was told. And also yeah. the feedback we're getting. Suddenly I get a report every week. I know exactly what all the players are doing, what stage they're at. What should we be thinking about to them in January? Do we think they're going to make it with us? Would we do a deal with another club to let them go? You know, Keshi, again, another one, in constant contact with Mark, um, getting man in the match performances, scoring winning goals. I mean, that was playing non-league. You know, he's now playing in the Football League, scoring goals, doing great. So, I think we've gone from... I mean, I think some of our players happen to be maturing around now. So uh, before Mark's head gets too big, Gary, you know, <laughs> has, has done a lot of work with these lads to get them to the stage where they're ready. But it's definitely helped. And, and you're seeing, you know, very, very quickly um, the fruits of, of everybody's work in, in just trying to make us more focused about how we develop the kids in this new world where it's not quite so easy to get them into the... To the, to the um, no, that's great. I really, really appreciate the insight on that. It's fascinating stuff, and like you say, definitely having an impact. And in a similar way, John Salako's obviously come into the, the first team as well. You, uh, we spoke to Andy Woodman a little while back, and he said, you know, obviously it's about getting people in that the manager trusts. Is there like an intention to get the? It's almost like the, the old Liverpool boot room philosophy. I, I, I think that's part of it. I think the manager likes having positive people around him. Um, we all, you know, John is just such a great guy, a good coach. And I think, you know, Alan likes positive people around him. And if they've been connected to the club, 
it, it, it's always a good thing because you know they care that little bit more. So I think that you know those decisions are all Alan's. I'm pleased with the people he's bringing in, but really you know they're up to him. But I'm very pleased that that he's got those type of people that've got a connection because I think it it really does. You, you notice that those people go the extra mile and they just understand that much more about the club. Um, it's a lot easier for me to be around them because uh, I've known them a little bit before as well. So it's, it's just very positive. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, last little bit for you. Um, we haven't seen you involved in any racing of late. Are you still doing that, or has a uh, Palace taken over your whole life? Yeah, it has unfortunately. I mean, um, I I kind of I had the accident a few years back now, and then when I went back to it, I I wasn't. Um, quite as quick because I was kind of driving I was thinking more about hitting things than you should when you're driving a racing car <laughs> and and um, uh, I've got some plans this year maybe um, but to go back to something slightly different that I always wanted to do um, the problem is making it work around the football um, obviously most of the races are over the weekend and most of the uh, football is over the weekend. And you can rest assured that they pretty much always clash. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was getting, I was rushing back halfway through practice and all that kind of thing to um, watch games and things. It's not ideal, really. So we'll have a look at the schedule of one or two series and see if I can do it. But, um, I, you know, I think... Football comes first, you know. The club, unfortunately, or fortunately <laughs> for me, has to come first. You know, it, 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 we've got this massive opportunity to to really develop the club and improve it. Once in a lifetime, really, opportunity. So, you know, I've got to make sure we grasp that with both hands. So, as long as I can prioritise that, it would be nice. I miss the lads and the engineers. I mean, weirdly, the things you miss is kind of the Wednesday morning at six o'clock going to Silverstone to practice. You know, and it's just such a nice, crisp, cold morning. The cars are there. You've got a clear racetrack. And, um, you know, you can go and practice and improve and just the camaraderie of it all. So, you know, I do miss it. I would like to try and do some of it. Um, but I just need to find the right series to do, really. Oh, fingers crossed you can get back into that soon. OK, last thing. Um, obviously, you know, we've been nominated for Football Blogging Awards for Best Podcast. Obviously, you'll be voting for us, but would you also say that all Palace fans must immediately vote for us in these awards? And if not, you'd, you'd consider a stadium ban for them? Well, I think I would go further than that, actually. Yeah. I would say that it's every Palace fan's duty. I mean, everything we enter, we should try and win, right? So it's every Palace fan's duty to vote for you. We will be checking as people arrive for the Man United game. <laughs> whether they have voted for you and if they haven't voted for you they will be denied entry that's brilliant thanks Steve I mean I expected as much but it's good to get confirmation on that yeah so uh, and if you know if you want to help police that feel yeah. free oh. if there are a few people that have upset you in any other way even if they did vote for you and you want them banned as well I'm happy to do that good stuff I'll pop down earlier we'll, we'll sort that one out <laughs> thanks a lot brilliant. Steve appreciate well, well, it well good luck with that I hope, I hope you do very well you certainly deserve it, it it's amazing all of these things that fans do, you know, and the, the way that you keep it up like you do. I hope we support you as much as we should. Um, I try and give you, you know, your fair share of exclusives and stuff like that. So that, um, because it's, you know, when we're in the championship and there's a lot less interest in us, 
I know you guys have been there promoting this, you know, getting people involved in the club as the five-year plan guys have and, you know, all of the other things that, that exist. So we certainly do wish you all the best and, and, and it's a great thing. I listen to them a lot, always enjoy listening to them, always get some insights and keep in touch with the fans what they think. So we certainly wish you all the best. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015, www.holradio.net. And that was uh, that was Steve Parrish. Um, want to thank him for giving us his time. And more importantly, we want to thank him for um, enforcing a, if you don't vote for us in the FBAs, you won't get into Sellers Park on Saturday policy. I think that's, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure I vote. On that. I know some say it's big-headed to vote for you yourself in these things but you know i want to i want to get into the ground on on saturday so sensible you know, policies sensible policies no was it no large no large radios or something you know just all outside <laughs> no fireworks yeah and no no banners uh, saying that they voted for us oh yeah um, here we go <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, just one last time. If you could, please go to wholeradio.net forward slash tweet vote and wholeradio.net slash web vote and vote for us in the FBA's best podcast category 2015. That'd be great. And who knows? If we win, I don't know. What, what, what do we think might happen? Do we think we might... Presentation on the pitch, Chell, do you think? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't yeah. like that, would you? It, yeah, yeah, I would, as I you know, I'd like a geezer from the HF, you know, the one that never wears a T-shirt, to come down and give it to us. Will you promise to wear a T-shirt on the pitch? <laughs> what, what, a black HF one? No, no, any, just any T-shirt. For God's sakes, man, just cover up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. it would be, uh, if, if we were to get any, if we were to get anything out of this, this podcast thing, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting recognition. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it better be around Christmas time. That's when I'll be over. So if it's not around Christmas time, you guys shouldn't, should not go. You should, you should boycott. We have a cardboard cutout. <laughs> no, Patrick should do a message on the on the big screen. Sorry, oh, I couldn't yeah. be there. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck's sake! Patrick O'Connor, like at the like at the Academy Awards. You're going to be wearing again. a tux. Absolutely, I've got like ten of them. Once again, the end of the show has descended fast. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this podcast in what can only be described as. You know, sad times. You know, we all really wanted to win the um, the cock up, as I like to call it. Um, but the whole but thing. But we cocked up. Hey, cock up. Um, <laughs> previous, previous, early today, we were considering not talking about football, and me and Jell came up with a little um, list of topics to discuss, which involve favourite sandwiches and picking scabs. But um, I think we spared you that, <laughs> if only for the fact that we're still in contention for a podcasting award. So uh, I want to say thanks to Steve Parrish for giving us that interview. And do remember that policy for Saturday, people. And uh, thanks to Patrick. Thank you. I mean, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you're welcome. A thank you to Jell. Yes, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. And to Terence, Red and Blue Army. UK Ford. Thank you for making me miserable. I was just getting over it. And now oh. I've got to deal with it all over again. Live it again. <laughs> We'll sort it out after. And more importantly, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Homesdale Radio. Football Blogging Award finalist 20. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. 15. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.